ignition sequence start. Three, two, one. Lock and load. It's time for the gun rack with your hosts, Joey and Drew. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Gun Racks with Thorn Desert Institute School of Firearms Technology's official podcast. I'm Josiah Upper. Folks call me Joey, and with me we have one Drew Poplin. Drew Poplin. We actually have a third person with us today, but we'll get into that within a uh, in a minute. We have a a pretty awesome lineup for you guys today. So on top of our uh, Tales from the Range and our Drew's Clues, which we are going to get back into there. I know we had a very brief hiatus from that. Uh, We have an SDI graduate that a lot of you guys might already be familiar with. We were able to borrow SDI grad Caleb Savant, who is essentially the voice or the face or maybe both of Brownells. Uh, He's one of their chief content creators, and uh, he does a lot of uh, really cool stuff with them. And we were able to borrow him and talk about his time with us and then what he does and what his career is like. Uh, And we thought that would be really cool and awesome to share. He's a great guy. And uh, we even end up talking bourbon a little bit at the end there. But before we get into that, let's go into the clues because Drew Poplin is on the clues. Drew's Clues, what do we got today? Yes, sir. So two weeks ago, our answer was the DP-51 Daewoo. This week's clues, this firearm is chambered in 7.62 by 51 millimeter NATO. In 1946, the first prototype was completed of this firearm. It has been used by over 90, 90, that's 90, countries has a barrel length of 533 millimeters. And when you translate its name into English, it roughly translates to light automatic rifle. Ooh, I did not look at the clues, but I think I know that one too. So that'll be fun. For now, be thinking on that one. And and next week, we're going to be giving you the answer for that. Before we drive into this interview with Caleb, there's one more thing we wanted to share with you, and that's Sonoran Desert Institute itself. Uh, Are you interested in the world of firearms technology? Do you want to take your understanding of this space to the next level? Well, Sonoran Desert Institute is an online school accredited by the Distance Education Accredited Commission, that uh, accrediting commission, excuse me, that uh, deals specifically with firearms technology and unmanned or uncrewed technologies. So we're talking gunsmithing and drones. Um, So, With that, we've got three different programs. We have the Associate of Science and Firearms Technology, which is, of course, a full degree program at the associate's level. We have the Certificate of Firearms Technology Gunsmithing. That's the CFTG. So we've got the ASFT and the CFTG. And then in the world of drones, we have the CUTAS, Certificate and Unmanned and or Uncrewed Technology Aerial Systems. So we've got a lot going on for you guys in these spaces that we love so much. Um, We are available to talk with you um, most hours of the day. (laughs) If you hop onto sdi.edu, you'll find a little chat box there. Feel free to hit up our admissions reps. They are wonderful, wonderful folks. And we would love to talk with you more about what SDI can partner with you to learn in your near future. 
That's sdi.edu. All right. Now we've got that out of the way. Let's dive right into uh, this interview with us and Caleb Savant. Okay, everyone. Well, we are here with Caleb Savant of Brownells fame, previously of SDI fame. How are you doing, Caleb? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. And uh, Caleb, you went to SD. How long was it ago that you graduated? uh, Oh, man. It was, um, I want to say like a year and a half, two years ago, maybe. Okay. Not, Not too long ago. Not too long ago at all. Yeah. And now, of course, you work with Brownells. And what do you do? What do you do with Brownells? So my my job title recently changed, and it's, it's kind of a weird job title. It um it was it was gun tech uh, slash you know gun guru. Yeah. Now it's now it's just gun tech gunsmith slash media content creator. Um, oh wow! Or if if you ask anybody in a company, it's just media content creator. So. Yeah, yeah, all the things. All the things. Yeah. <laughs> all the things. How did you get over there? So before I actually went to SDI, so technically, I guess you can say I'm a traditionally trained gunsmith. I've been I've actually been a gunsmithing since 2012. Oh dang. Very yes. Nice. So before attending SDI, I've been gunsmithing for almost 10 years. And um I started Brownells in 2018, is whenever I got over there. Wow. Yeah, I had been gunsmithing in, in South Louisiana for uh, since 2012, and then it was one of those things where – so there's a there's a long story, and we can go through the whole thing. Yeah, but, uh, let's do so, it. Yeah, so uh, yeah, we'll, we'll start from the beginning. So I was in the Army, as uh, most SDI students and graduates are oh, uh, yes. or, or have been, and um, I was a combat engineer. I got blown up a few times in Afghanistan. and I, I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, go ahead. Feel free to interrupt at any point. Yeah, no, I saw – so you have a post on your Twitter. I think it's a picture of you. You're like, oh, yeah, this is me as a combat engineer before I got blown up twice. Yeah, yeah, Wait, yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> I feel like I should have done more research. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a – uh, you can find the picture. I mean, my all my – I have a – you know, I'm – my, my social media presence is, uh, is there and it's all public. So I'm sure, you know, there's, there's plenty of it out there, but, uh, yeah. So there's, there's pictures out there of, of me being all like blown up and stuff, but well, dang. Yeah. So I got blown up a few times, um, doing that. So good times, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so I was getting medically discharged from the army and I was trying to stay in the army. So I was like doing stuff to try to stay in. So I was uh, going to promotion boards. Then I was, you know, going to any school they would let me go to. Fortunately, my first sergeant and commander liked me, so they were like trying, trying to help me out. out. Yeah, yeah. So I went to. Um, I ended up going to armor school and becoming my unit armor. Awesome. And that was that was kind of what started it all for me, really. You know, but I, and as a kid, I was always the kid that was like taking apart the toaster and stuff. Yeah. You know, and like putting it put it back together, taking things apart mm-hmm. to see how they work. So I was, I was already like mechanically inclined. So I got, I, you know, that was about around the time Obama was making cuts to the army. So my med board was basically fast tracked and, um, I ended up like falling through the cracks at one point. And like, there was a, a period of time where like I reenlisted, even though I was getting medically discharged. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So I, I kind of got in trouble for that a little bit, but like, not really. I don't yeah. know, it, was, it was a weird situation. 
because like i re-enlisted i got orders to go to germany like it was it was like a whole thing <laughs> and they were like and i was you... like i was like yes i was like do you seriously I'm... just finesse your way <laughs> I beat the system. Into a... so like yeah. my, my sergeant major who was like this tabbed out like ranger sapper airborne pathfinder you know just like hardcore dude like called me into his office and like knife hands me he's like corporal savant and I was like, oh, I'm standing at parade rest, you know? Yeah. And he's just like knife handed. He's like staring at me and he's like, nice try. <laughs> and that's all he said. Like, that was it. And uh, so I did not get to go to Germany. Oh. Um, and I, uh, instead I got, I got, got the boot. Um, but with that being said, we moved back to Louisiana, me and my wife. And uh, yeah. we had two kids at the time. I had two kids while I was in the army. Uh, I have three now. So we moved back to Louisiana because that's where we were both from originally. That's where our family was. And um, now I am on the search for a job. Hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm doing the whole job hunt thing. Um, yeah, always fun. Yep. So I'm on terminal leave and I'm living off of my severance pay. And uh, I go into this uh, this job uh, or this uh, this gun store called Jim's Firearms in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Very large gun store. Um, I think I've heard of Jim's Firearms. Yeah, it's a it's it's a large gun store in the in Louisiana. Um, yeah. And I so I go in there and I apply for a job just working the gun counter, you know. And mm. uh, as timing would have it, one of their gunsmiths is leaving. So they're like, oh, you want a, like a paid apprenticeship type program? So I'm like. Psh- yeah I certainly do yeah because <laughs> they looked at my resume and they were like oh you have some armor experience you know yeah this, this, be, yeah we we have a need you you fit you know yeah so i'm like yes yes please yep. that sounds that sounds way better yep so i um i started gunsmithing at a whopping eight bucks an hour as, hey, as a paid apprentice there you go um so you know with a wife and two kids i was uh depleting that severance pay very quickly yeah so as as many gunsmiths my beginning story was a very very rough one it uh it just you, you don't just come out uh come out the gate strong no like, uh, yeah it's 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 a rough start but it is certainly worth it so i started like the only thing they would let me do is like clean and oils like the only oh. thing, like <laughs> I was just taking guns apart completely, cleaning them and putting them back together. And like, that's all I would do like all day long. All day, every day. Mm-hmm. That's all day, lot. every day. And um, just like, every, like everything though. But, and I, I would say it was extremely beneficial to do that because it was just every type of gun you can think of. Sure. It's, yeah. it's South Louisiana. There's just like these old, yeah. like yeah. guns like you can't cannon, imagine maybe yeah, yeah like Old these sugarcane farmers like there's no telling what they're gonna pull out of their barn <laughs> and bring in you know it's yeah like i got to work on like so many different types of guns and just get my hands on like so much different stuff so it was extremely beneficial to understand to, to get like a base understanding of the mechanics of so many different guns yeah absolutely um, so that was actually a really good experience before i they actually started like letting me like repair stuff yeah and then moving on from there, and then I started, you know, they they started teaching me how to use a lathe and a mill and doing some actual other stuff too. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I stayed there for two years, and then I ended up going to another gunsmith shop in Baton Rouge called Rennerson's Gunsmith Service, and um, they were kind of the opposite of Jim's Firearms, and in regards to they had a very small retail operation, 
but a much larger gunsmith operation. Mm. Interesting. They did a yeah. lot of warranty work all over the country for like oh, Browning, yeah. Winchester, Remington, uh, Marlin, all the Freedom Group, the whole Freedom Group at the time companies. Uh, yeah. So I did a lot of warranty work for those companies there. And then um, about a year after working there, so I had been gunsmithing for three years at this point. Yeah, hopefully and, not uh, at $8 an hour at this no, point. No, no, no. Okay, I, was, uh, I, was, I was doing much better at this point. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was, uh, so at Renderson's, I was I was no longer hourly. I was working on commission. And, nice. Um, I was doing pretty good on commission. So yeah. I was, I was, I was doing, doing pretty well for myself. And uh, yeah. the owner of the company came up to me one day and he was like, hey, how would you like to be the working shop foreman? And I was like, that sounds like a pretty sure sweet gig. Would. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, Oh, so you're, you know, you're, you're not going to be able to spend as much time on your, at your bench because you're going to be supervising. So I'm going to compensate that with hourly plus commission. And I was like, yeah, well, this sounds great. Yep. This, this yep. Yeah. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Keep talking. Yeah. Yep. So, um, I stayed there for another year and, uh, my old boss from Jim's Firearms ended up leaving Jim's Firearms, and he went to work for Lipsy's um, doing all their Class 3 stuff. Mm-hmm. So they had a position open up at the place I started at as an apprentice, now running their gunsmith shop. And so I went back there to run their gunsmith department four years later. Nice. Uh, yeah, so complete full like circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I stayed there for an additional two years, and then um, me and the wife just finally decided it was time to leave Baton Rouge. And I I saw Brownells, you know, I applied for a few jobs here and there, you know, whatever. Sure, yeah, uh, yeah, I saw yeah. Brownells had a had a job posting for Gun Tech, and I was like, that sounds cool. That's Brownells. It's like the yeah. gunsmith smart, you know. I was like, I'm, I'll apply for it, not thinking anything to come of it come of it at all. Like it's Brownells, you know. I'm sure they got like a bajillion apply yeah. applications oh, yeah. for this job. Um, next thing I know, I'm on a plane to Iowa for a job interview, and uh, the interview went very well. So I started working at Brownells as one of their gun techs, and mm-hmm. it was mostly like a call center job. I was mostly just like answering questions and just like consulting. And traveling around to gunsmithing schools, teaching classes. And that's what the job was. And then um, I started, I did a, a few videos here and there in the video studio, just kind of like on a trial basis. And sure. uh, they were like, yeah, we like this guy. And uh, now I'm the full-time studio guy. So that's what I do full-time now. I work in the video studio. That is really fun. And, so, uh, by the way, congrats on your nomination at the Gundies. You know, next year, I got, I'm, I'm killing it. I, I, yep. I will not take top five for an answer next year. Absolutely nor, not. Nor should you, especially. Nor from, should I. Especially for most dapper. Yeah. Like, most, like are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. I mean, who else are they going with? Ian McCollum for, for, from uh, Forgotten Weapons rigged it with his Discord. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> He he had all of his guys on his Discord channel go and vote for one guy, and he just completely like just tore it up. up. Yeah, he did. Yeah, so that's all right. I didn't realize that man had a Discord. I I gotta go find it. Yeah, Yeah. but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get all my my Twitch streamer buddies in on it next year, and we'll we'll do battle at the Discords. So ooh, what do you do? What do you uh, stream on Twitch? I don't stream that often, but when I do, I, I I stream some Escape from Tarkov. 
Very nice. Yeah, that's my jam. Yeah, that's good stuff. In fact, I think I remember you doing a video about that or yeah, being so a part of a video about that a little bit ago. With uh, Twitch streamer Jesse Kazam, we did some uh, Guns of Tarkov on the Brown House channel. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, D didn't you say he hadn't seen Band of Brothers yet? Yeah, so he, uh, apparently what? he fixed that. <laughs> so that's been taken care of, supposedly. Okay, good. But yeah, so him and Veritas were doing the, the podcast together, uh -huh. and he mentioned, like, oh, I hadn't seen Band of Brothers, and I was like... I was listening to it in my yeah. truck and I almost like wrecked and died. Yeah. Like, I was like, <laughs> if you're that? a mammal, you've seen Band of Brothers <laughs> at least once. At least. Yeah. yeah. Like, even like I do, um, I do a lot of uh, theater stuff in the off hours. It's kind of my shtick. And uh, I was hanging out with them in the last show I was doing. I mentioned Band of Brothers and all of all of my theater people are like, oh, yeah, watch it once every six months. Sure. Yep. Yes. You got to simply. Have you catched uh, the Pacific yet? Of course. Yeah, we were talking about that out of yeah. it. Drew, Drew has not, and it's kind of an embarrassment to the company. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yes. So when you're coming up with the the content that you do, uh, what has inspired some of your more recent stuff? I know there was um, there's rumblings about tactical games. Did that happen already, or is that coming down the pipeline? Tactical games is in October, and then um, Cornfield Brutality, uh, which is Part of that's, like the finished brutality and all the stuff that um, in range TV does. That's uh, sounds like month. a really cool band name. <laughs> Cornfield brutality. Cornfield like brutality. Spinoff of Slipknot. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's Slipknot, but everyone is from Iowa. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I think everyone from Slipknot is from Iowa, aren't they? Oh, I don't know. They're yeah. I think they're all from Des Moines. They're like oh right up the my road. Gosh. I, I'm looking oh. this up now. I need a yeah. Yeah, uh, I know, like our, our our studio manager who actually just recently left Brownells and went to Rock Island Auctions. He like Ooh, photographed nice. um, the drummer's wedding or something like. Oh my gosh, that's Joey. so cool. Yeah. So while you're doing all that, what made you want to also go to SDI? Because clearly you had the background already going on for you. I did, uh, yeah. At Brownells, did you just want to double down or? I wanted to double down, and like I I got that letter in the mail from the va and they were like hey your gi bill's gonna expire and somewhat soon and i was yeah. like ah i need to use this and uh it was during Absolutely, covid yeah. i was working from home a lot already anyway yeah and i was like oh, i can do this and then i was uh so i was like i can double down with some online gunsmithing school yeah so totally why not sdi yeah so yeah that's why i did it Absolutely. So what was your experience like there? Was it a, I'm, I'm assuming it was positive as we're yeah. sitting here talking, yeah. but you know, I absolutely hated it. It was terrible. I can't yeah. believe you. <laughs> I gotta go. Mute him. I gotta, I gotta get out of here. Yeah. No, it was, it was good. It's a, it's a really, I was impressed with the program. It was a good program. Nice. Was there a class that you liked more than others and or dislikes do you have a favorite or, or one that you just kind of grit your teeth through um i you know i feel like i, I was pretty strong in everything i, I really like the you know ballistic classes because that just kind of like reinforced some stuff for me um checkering is not like riding a bike um yeah 
I had checkered years ago and I like haven't done it for a while. So when I got into the checkering class, I was like, Psh, yeah, I can checker. And then I started checkering and I was like, Psh, I can't checker. You can. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so checkering was a um, little bit of a grind. Yeah. Well, che- kind of literally. But <laughs> yeah, che- checkering kind of sucked for me. But like as far as like stock finishing and like bluing and all that stuff, I was like I was down on that. That was super, super easy. Blew right through it, you know. But yeah, checkering was probably the hardest thing for me. So nice. Very nice. And coming out of it, have you been able to to take any of that with what you're doing and in, in content creation? Has that had any influence on on what you've been doing? You know, it kind of has because I got to see where like, because of all the discussion board type stuff, I got to see where a lot of other students were kind of struggling and areas that they really needed help in. And I kind of geared some of the content content creation towards that a bit. Ooh, that's Uh, that's a really good idea. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I, I might have to go do that. Yep. So that's so, uh, let me go raid their discussion boards. That's what I did. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of really our, clever. You could kind of tell like what classes I was in at the time by what videos we were releasing at that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it was it's it was interesting um, how we how we did that because yeah. like I would I would we would be in like a like for example the ballistic classes. Um, you can tell like. A, two weeks after I got out of the ballistic class, we did like a few ballistic videos. Yep. So it mm-hmm. was, it was interesting. Oh, totally. Are there other content things you do with Brownells or do you mostly just focus on churning out uh, video stuff? I do some, um, I do some stuff on the social media side, not a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, I, since COVID started, I haven't been to any, but I did travel and teach some at gunsmithing schools. I've been to, um, Murray State College and Pennsylvania Gunsmith School uh, taught AR-15 armor and alternate finishes uh, there. Cool. Yeah. Um, and we did those in, in person. Um, but I haven't gone since COVID. I probably won't. Now Now that I move full-time in the studio, I probably won't be. Yeah, a little those, different. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, but yeah, aside from that, whenever we have like VIP builds um, come into Brownells, I also help out with those as well. Uh, when I say VIP builds, I mean like, um, like uh, if we have like a famous, you know, I was about to say, should, or somebody are you, are you allowed to share any of those people that you've you've worked on guns for? Um, so recently, it's just been you know business owners from other larger companies, mm-hmm. so not not necessarily anyone famous. Um, and then there's a few others coming up at the end of the month, but again, not anyone famous um aaron lewis came recently uh but i had i was on vacation with family so they had somebody else step in and do that Mm -hmm. um but yeah so that that kind of stuff as well cool good the fun stuff yeah yeah that's really cool the uh so we've got the tactical uh games coming up in october as well as our very favorite iowa metal band uh coming up a, a little sooner what else uh content wise personally in this in this realm is coming up for you in in the not too distant future yeah so um we have a new website getting ready to launch and that's going to be way more content focused uh so getting everything ready for that is going to really be huge and so we did 
or we did an AR-15 build series. Um, I don't, I don't know if you've got the chance to check that out or not. It's on our website currently. Um, it's mm. not on any other place because it, it can't be because it shows you step yeah. by step how to build an yeah. AR-15. Um, but we want to do more stuff like that. It's like an interactive build series. I mean, interesting. Like yeah. you, you start off, you, I mean, you pick your lower receiver, you know, do you want to build it with a rifle stock or a carbine stock? You click that and then it shows you how to install a carbine stock. And then it shows you, you know, how to install, you know, whatever. And it, I spent like, we spent about four months filming it because it shows yeah. a super tight close up on how to install every single piece and different tips and tricks to get, you know, and then it shows you how to, pick a stock like what to look for when you're selecting stuff and uh, mm-hmm. i keep saying stock but i mean it goes through every single piece sure yeah um is this a free thing you can do yeah, when you're shopping yeah brownells.com slash how to build uh it's free wow um, yeah and it's it goes through the it's a full complete free build series and uh also at the end of the build series it goes through troubleshooting so everything uh you may run into at the range after you built your ar-15 then you take it out and shoot it. Then uh, it's me sitting at a bench duplicating every malfunction I can think of that you may run into and, and walking you through how to fix it. it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so spent a lot of time on that. And it's, 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 uh, it's my most recent, my, it's my baby. Uh, yeah. That yeah. sounds like such a heavy lift, So, but it, it's such a cool concept. And we want to do more of that. So that more stuff like that in the future. So we want to do that for different firearm platforms as, uh, as well as uh, two new things. Uh, probably the two that we're going to do in the near future is going to be something very similar to that, but reloading focused. Mm. Um, so basically that same exact concept, but with hand loading. So how to select a press, how to select dies, you know, every single little piece, every step of the process. And then also do the same thing with alternate finishes, like your different spray-on finishes, like Alumahide, Gun Coat, Cerakote, how to pick a finish, how to apply this finish, uh, prep work, like every every step of the process in detail. Um, so those are the two big things I got coming up. Yeah, that sounds absolutely huge. Yeah. Cool deal. Um, well, Thank you so much for taking all this time. Yes, Drew. Yeah, if you don't mind, uh, Caleb, I got a couple of questions I want to ask you. Okay. Um, um, so, being a content creator, I know you have uh, you did the shots fired thing. Wait, you know, back in August. <laughs> yes. But how do you handle some of the, maybe the negative feedback or the comments that you see? Ooh, um, good question. So. Here's the deal. Um, I I say I when I say I put out content. I mean like we guys, content creators in general, we put out content, and obviously there's a ton of people that like our content. There's way more people that like our content than don't like our content. Sure. So you're getting way more positive. You know, you're you're getting way more positive feedback than you are getting negative feedback. All that negative feedback you're getting doesn't matter because the content you're putting out isn't for them anyway. If they don't like it, it's not for them. What does it matter? The only people it's for is the people who like it. Like, for example, if I put out a video, like, uh, let's take the, um, let's take the Smith Buster series, for example. Sure. Most people love it. There's a few people that absolutely hate it. 
but it doesn't matter. It's not for them. If they don't like it, it's not for them. There's stuff out there that they love. Sure. Whatever. That's for them. So it honestly, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. The other part of that I found anyway, this isn't always the case, but for a lot of the content we do, the people that hate on it a lot are people that have already watched all the way through it. <laughs> so it's like, well, you're already engaged with this content. So yeah, we'll see. You can be bad next time as long as you're still uh, hanging out with us. That's fine. Yeah. So I've read that you are a fine alcohol enthusiast. I'm gearing up for a wedding here in a couple months. Okay. I need suggestions because my idea of fine alcohol is going from. It's a Bud Light Lime, Drew. Uh, I'm trying to sugarcoat it. Yeah, it goes from perhaps Blue Ribbon or like Milwaukee's Best to like maybe a Yingling. All right. Well, just get yourself a good bourbon. Okay. Okay. Put it in your your fancy Brownells. Uh, It's not going to focus. Oh, do they have uh, glasses? There's a there's a Brownells glass, but better oh, yet, so cool. No yeah. way. You can't you can't buy this, unfortunately. Uh, no, this was a this was a very limited edition thing. Just to narrate to listeners, he you know, he's currently holding a Brownells bourbon bottle. Is it Brownells bourbon inside of it, or did you just transplant bourbon? So it is into a, this thing. It was a barrel select that we did from Axe and the Oak Distillery, and then they custom uh, custom bottled it for us. That is a limited so run. cool. <laughs> this is uh, this is bottle number ninety two. I don't remember Ooh, how many. Super we did. small batch. Yeah. 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 But is it good bourbon in it, in that bottle? It's it's decent bourbon. It's not the best bourbon I've ever had, but I've had worse. Um, mm. Hopefully, nobody's in that. It's yeah. great. It's great bourbon. <laughs> it, it's probably way better than anything I've ever sipped in my life. Yeah. What no, is but, your what's so your like, favorite? Yeah. If I if I'm just going to the store and like if I'm looking for like a bourbon, I can find it any mostly any store. Um it's gonna be like a bullet or a uh Elijah Craig. Those two are like kind of like my go-to store-bought bourbons. Sure. Mm-hmm. Bullet, bullet's probably my favorite though. That's that's a really good bourbon. For like store bought bourbon, that's yeah. I'm gonna make a note of that. Yeah. Yep. And last question: Having spent so much time in Louisiana and Southern Louisiana, imagine for a second you're on a desert island, not a deserted, a desert island, mind you, and deserted. <laughs> um, and there is a bowl of gumbo and there's a bowl of jambalaya, and you only could eat from one. Which one are you eating from? What is a specific like, scenario? Uh, uh, all right. Is this this assuming they're like both good good like one's good gumbo and the other's yes. like good jambalaya? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> jambalaya. Jambalaya. Yep. How come? Because the best jambalaya I've ever had is just a little bit better than the best gumbo I've ever had. I don't think I've ever had gumbo. I've, I've I've always I've always been more of a jambalaya guy. Mm-hmm. Like my wife makes a mean quail gumbo, but whoa, yeah, that sounds really good. <laughs> it is really good. It's phenomenal. I I don't think I've ever had gumbo, and the only jambalaya I've ever had was created from a Z- Zatarain's box. Look, <laughs> so... I'll be so I'll I'll be in New Orleans next month uh, uh-huh. for, for uh-huh. work. I'm going to be taking a little work trip down there, and. uh 
I will be uh, doing my best to find some some jambalaya or gumbo. Dang. Well, don't is... be surprised if me yeah. and Joey just happen to pop up there somewhere. I might. So, speaking of work in uh, Louisiana next month, so Gun Talk Media is doing this thing called Build Box. Have you all, are you all familiar with it? I have heard the name, but I haven't like walked through it um, with someone, and we certainly haven't done it on the podcast. So, mm-hmm. so what they're selling it as, right, is mm-hmm. like a gun or firearm version of Forged in Fire. Ooh. Yeah. I know so, they did they did one briefly that that did not last long. I forget what it's called. And I thought the concept was super cool. Uh, I that sounds wonderful. <laughs> that would be so good. Yeah, so I'm uh there the the layout's a little bit different. They're going to do like different judges for each episode and and stuff like that, but the first season is mainly going to like ar-15 type focus stuff um mm-hmm. like episode one is going to be like the defensive carbine and then you know different stuff on and on from there but yeah so i'm traveling down to louisiana next month for a few days to film for that so that sounds so, so fun yeah so that'll be Ooh. that'll be cool i'm excited about that wow okay so next steps here if you're if you're feeling sufficiently froggy when you're done with these tactical games and uh, you're not just covering it, right? You're going to go. Oh, I'm competing. Compete. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to be mm-hmm. out there making a fool of myself. Yep. That's, I would do similarly, though I'm not sure I know a sufficient amount to make a fool of myself. But you um, <laughs> will be like, what's he doing? I'd be like, that nice man told me where to go. Um, we definitely. Uh, hop back on here and tell us how that goes because I'd love to hear about it. Okay. Um, and if you haven't, between now and then, Grand Larceny and Four Roses Small Batch Bourbons. Four are, Roses. Four Roses is mm, so good. Yeah. The um the Four small roses. batch is like a middle shelf, but it's yeah. Mm. Four Roses actually. Uh, the the bullet is actually made by Four Roses. Really? Yes. Okay. There you go. Um, but yeah, those two both. Drew, did you get enough information for your wedding? Yeah, I'm planning it right now. The spotlight line. We're going to get some four roses and we're going to get some uh, jambalaya. Miller High Life. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. The the Costco margarita wine cocktail. Whatever. Or even get a venue, dude. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. One thing at a time. But Caleb, thank you so much for hanging out with us. This is a, this is a good time. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that. We really did. That Caleb uh, interview is great. And uh, his, uh, I think his bid to get into the most dapper uh, space for the Gundies is going to meet with a little more success uh, this coming year. That's the hope anyway. Um, and you can do definitely. your part. You oh, yeah. Your part. All you listening right now. Yeah. We, uh, when the Gundies come up, uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll remember and we'll put some info out there for you guys to go vote and and check that out. Gundy's are a good fun time. We have a couple more things before we head out, but we hope you enjoyed that. Uh, first, of course, is one last plug for Sonoran Desert Institute. If you want to learn more about Sonoran Desert Institute, hop on to sdi.edu. There's a news tab. And under that news tab, there's something called grad features. And that's where our graduates talk with you guys or discuss with us to talk with you guys about their experience here. 
what it was like for them, where they're at now, and and whether or not SDI was was worth their time. And of course, they're going to be able to talk about all that much more authoritatively than we are, because he they went through all all the things that our students go through. And uh, it's it's definitely worth a read. You can also check out our course catalog, which is full of all sorts of interesting information on how our students learn over the course of our programs. So hop on to sdi.edu, check out news and grad features, or check out our course catalog, or maybe both. That's, once again, sdi.edu. And now, to take us out of here, we've got a Tales from the Range. Where's this one coming from? So this one comes to us once again from the high road. Uh, this is by user Freedom V, and it is a tale of a father and a daughter. How lovely. Several years ago, my young daughter, about 10, was with me at a public shooting range. One of the guys noticed her watching as he shot a SW 44 mag, and he offered to let her shoot it. She sat down on the bench and he handed her the revolver. She took careful aim and fired. He reached down to take the gun from her, thinking that one shot was all she could handle or would want to shoot. When she proceeded to cock and shoot all six rounds, there was a look of astonishment and disbelief on his face. It was priceless. This little girl could handle this 44 Magnum, and she liked it. That's not how it's supposed to be. Yeah, I would disagree with that because it sounds like she was pretty comfortable with that. Yeah, that's pretty wholesome. 44 Magnum is is a beast, but I mean, if you know what you're doing, then who who's, you know, size does not make all the difference. So, yeah, good stuff. I've actually never shot a 44 Magnum. Really? I think about it. Need to put that on the to-do list. Absolutely. Anyway. Folks, for now, that is going to be the gun rack. Until next week, have fun out there, and uh, we will see you at the range. Sonoran Desert Institute is an online school accredited by the DEAC. It is headquartered at 1555 West University Drive in Tempe, Arizona. For more information about how you can craft your firearms future, visit sdi.edu.